This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Impatient monks. Firing the bridesmaid. A donkey painted like a zebra? Where were the cubs on the day that famous people died? And Rick's brush with Lily Tomlin. Also, a great celebrity guest, Joel Daly, former ABC News anchor. That and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Man, Man with Rick and Dave. This this music yeah. is totally us, isn't it? Just <laughs> hard hitting and aggressive. We're right? jamming. Yeah, yeah um, we're kind of like uh, yeah, we're like those uh, reporters on on TV, the investigative reporters, the fake reporters, waiting outside a like a mobster's house, right. ready to jump out of a van with a camera right. and say, "Hey, Luigi, <laughs> yeah, right. you are sleeping on the job. We've got video of you." So you're looking good. No, thank a, you. That's a very big cup of tea that you brought with uh, you. Well, I went to the Starbucks just a few blocks away from your house before you know, before we get into the studio. And I actually have a Starbucks story. Do uh, you okay. want to hear the Starbucks sure, yeah. story? Um, l- let me ask you a question. Are from there... my Starbucks or from your Starbucks? No, it's the one right here on, yeah. is it Main Street? Is that what it is right here? Or okay, let's right by the train? We don't have to like give out my address. <laughs> Uh, uh, and the times that you're no longer or you're not at home, you yeah. know, um, let me, can I ask you a question? Um, yeah. I'm curious, are there Jews in Mount Prospect? Sure. Are there? Yeah. There was one in my graduating class. One. How many people were in your graduating class? 565. <laughs> okay. So I'm waiting in line at your Starbucks. It's a very nice Starbucks, you know? Yeah. Um, and a woman next to me starts to talk to just starts up a conversation with me and I'm not really, once I get going, I'm a pretty chatty, but I'm never the guy who starts the conversation. <laughs> you have a, like a totally wrong vision of yourself. I'm very, I right. have never been with you anywhere where you did not start a conversation with a complete. All right. Well, stranger. in this instance, she started the conversation with okay. me. All right. And she asked me right off the bat, she goes, Hey, do you know if you can park on, is it, is it me? Well, whatever central or main or whatever it is. Yeah, right. Whatever. Um, and I said, well, you know, I really don't know. I'm, you know, I, I don't know. And she was worried that the line was going to be long and she was going to get a ticket. And then out of the blue, and I'm not making this up, out of the blue, she goes, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you Jewish? And I'm like, um, so. Did you did you do your old Jewish? Joke? No, I, I, no I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say I'm Jewish. But rather than get into my entire family history about how my, you know, mother's side, I'm like, I said, yeah, I, I'm Jewish. She goes. Well, my daughter is invited to a bar mitzvah this weekend, and we don't know what to buy or <laughs> what to give as a gift. This no. is really happening. Yeah, and I and and, and I'm like, and, she, and 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 I'm like, well, you know, money's good. And to myself, I go, you know how us people are. You know, mon- <laughs> money is great. And I said that you should do it in eighteen dollar increments because eighteen is the number of life. I think I yeah. and I, the only reason I know that is because Lila's, you know, right. Bar mitzvah. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think you guys gave money in the increment I, of 18. I think we did because well. you told us to. Uh, yeah. So first of all, what is it about me talking about parking that made her think <laughs> that I was Jewish? And uh, and and I'm just curious. You have them around here, right? I mean, you, have a, them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we trap them. We got <laughs> we got Jew traps on the corners. No, I you know I I think uh, I think Mount Prospect right now is a pretty diverse little town. Yeah. You know, it it wasn't when I grew up uh, here, but it is now. Well, 
evidently this lady, and she was very nice. And whoever did she maybe hear your name, David Stern? Uh, you know, I thought of that, but I, they just give you the first names. Yeah. So I guess you know what, David. Yeah. Maybe, but you know, David yeah. Beckham. He's not Jewish. Yeah, but were you? Is, I've been with you in public where you're you're constantly humming. If I were a rich man, <laughs> yeah, right, right. And well, I use the word tevia. You know, <laughs> coffee. Day. Um. So. <laughs> um, but anyways, I don't know. So this lady was very nice. Again, I never felt threatened. It wasn't a racist yeah. thing at all. It was just, excuse me. And she may have asked, you know, I before I got there, she may have asked the black guy next to me if he was yeah. Jewish. I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there you go. Well, you know, I, I was at the uh, the country club, the Mount Prospect Country Club last night or two nights ago with Sean. Do they let Jews in there? Uh, well, I was just <laughs> thinking about it. That it was, I'm talking about what a diverse little town we uh, live in, but I remember thinking... A little whitey. A little white. <laughs> yeah. A little white. Yeah. But that's a country club. Right, of you course. Know, although it's not like a membership country club, it's a public course. Uh, yeah. um, but Sean and I went out golfing that we found out at uh, Twilight, you can go out for 10 bucks each. Oh. So we were out there, uh, and they gave us a cart and everything. It was really? fantastic. Well, and I would think that that would attract all the Jews in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Sean has, had never golfed on a regular course before. Mm-hmm. We had just gone out to the par three course. And it turns out he's a really good golfer. Is or, you know, for the first time, uh, I mean, he was out driving me. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere around the fourth hole, he just started taunting me. <laughs> And I, you know, I'm, I'm not a terrible golfer. I'm not a good golfer, but I'm not a terrible golfer. I usually have a couple of clubs that I'm hitting well, like my nine iron. I, I'm a pretty good chipper and that sort of thing. But my nine iron abandoned me, and I was just having a really bad round while he was doing really well, and and I was getting pissed. <laughs> I was getting but, pissed. Well, the thing with Sean, he's one of those kids that seemed to be a natural athlete. You know yeah. that he can pick up. Something far quicker than yeah, and you. Well, you're fifty. Well, you just turned fifty-five. Yeah. So you've been golfing for what forty years? Yeah. And he's been golfing for forty minutes, yeah. basically. And he's, it was his first round. Yeah. He he had we only played nine holes because it got dark. Uh, he didn't have one bad drive. Every drive was right down the middle. You know, hundred fifty yards or wow. two hundred yards. I'm like, how do you do that? You're never taking him golfing. I can't. I I have this terrible slice that I've had since I was 15. (sighs) Anyway, so. All right. Well, kudos to Sean. I'm sorry about the Jew thing. (laughs) Well, she's coming over. She should be here in a few minutes, and we're going to be interviewing her. Because us Jews in the media, you know. Oh, boy. Okay, well, what else you got? Uh, You want to spin the jingle? Uh, well, I just took the jingle away. Uh, let me see if I can get a new jingle. Because you just told me moments ago not to play. No, the I said not to play the Jenkins jingle, not the. All right. There's some minutiae. Here jingle. we go. This week's minutiae with Rick and Dave. All right. Let's play a little game here. All right. I'm going to say a profession, and you rattle off some personality traits that would benefit someone in that pr- profession. Okay? All right. All right. So if I said accountant. What would be some of the traits that you'd think would benefit uh, an accountant? An accountant would be, uh, uh, you know, uh, detail-oriented. Good, good. 
Um, Fastidious. Okay. Ooh, good. So, okay, good. Let me do another one. How about a waiter, for instance? A uh, waiter would be friendly. Okay, good. Um, this is able, kind of fun, isn't it? Able to carry a lot of things. Sure. Good, good. Okay. Now, what about a monk? A monk would be uh, quiet okay. and thoughtful okay. and introspective. Patient, do you think? Maybe patient, okay. yes. Well, evidently not all monks are patient, Rick. This story comes out of Japan. Daniel Kimura. And I've got a picture of Daniel right here. Look at him here. Yeah. See him right here? Uh-huh. Kind of looks like a dick, doesn't he? Yeah, a little uh, bit. Um, Daniel Kimura is a Buddhist monk, and he runs the Sikshawan Sakuba guest house um, just outside of Osaka. And what the guest house does, it offers tourists the chance to stay in an ancient Buddhist temple. Okay. Sounds very nice, yeah. right? Well, evidently, well, it appears that the food that Daniel serves is not quite up to snuff. Okay. People have been complaining on booking.com that the food is very basic and has no taste. Daniel's reply was, if, so Daniel is replying on the, on the booking sites, if you are interested in a monk's life, then you should shave your head and be one. Okay, that didn't even make any sense, really, right? Well, I mean, that's what monks do. Uh, okay, well, so a little snippy, but not too yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Well, another reviewer posted, the strange meals are nothing like I've ever tasted, pitiful. Guess what Daniel's response was? Um, go forth and uh, prosper. I don't know. Yeah, it's Japanese monastic cuisine, you uneducated fuck. <laughs> wow. Wow. So after screenshots of Daniel's response went viral, he mentioned he was interviewed by the Guardian and he mentioned, of course, they don't speak one word of Japanese and they come here expecting everything to be handed to them on a platter. <laughs> you get impatient even for a monk. I guess I have to work on that. So, I think I think we may have discovered why he became a monk <laughs> right. in the first place. Right, exactly. Get out of here, Daniel. Uh, now, I imagine rude Westerners coming in can be annoying, but you're advertising on Airbnb and Booking.com. Yeah. What are you expecting? And I bet this guy's got like a gift shop. You know, it sells T-shirts and stuff there yeah. or whatever. So. I, I mean, there's if you want all good reviews... Host a podcast called Minutia. Yes. Man. Otherwise, you're not going to get all right, good right. reviews. Don't serve pitiful food. Yeah, uh, it's food. just not going to happen. Right. Well, I got a story for you, and this is um, it's similar in a, in a way. This is a story about firing a bridesmaid. Okay. Now, I have to read this letter to you. It's gone viral this past week. A bride, uh, a bride decided to fire her bridesmaid and sent her a note explaining why. And that note was posted by the bridesmaid, and now this bride is despised. Don't you love social media? Social media is just great. Um, But here's the thing. All right, so imagine you're the bride. You got a bridesmaid who's having trouble getting flights for the wedding and is, you know, making it a little difficult to to schedule events because you may be missing a bridesmaid here or there. Um, Big whoop. So... (laughs) So this is what this is what she decided to do, and I, you gotta love. I bet you she redrafted this email like seven hundred sure. times, sure. right? But listen, listen to the uh, the. This is the final draft. This, this is, is the attempt to make it sound not horrible. Okay, 
Hey, hey, I'm so glad to hear you book flights. I'm sorry classes are taking such a long time to sort out. I know how hard you're working to be here for the wedding, and it means so much to us. I have a massive favor to ask you, though. <laughs> and this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to ask anyone, but I need to ask you to... Relinquish your duties as the bridesmaid. You can still come to the wedding, have a fabulous time. Give me a gift. Maybe an $18 increment is fine. Travel in the time you need to without having to stress about anything else. When I asked you, I was really hoping that you could be part of the whole thing. The bachelorette trip or the weekend. You get the prep and the full night of the event. Sunday night flight means you really won't be here for the whole thing. The whirlwind nature of your travels, just, it, it just won't work with your duties as a party member. I'm so, so sorry. Please don't feel you're letting me down. Right. On the biggest day of my life. I'm asking you to do this. I love you and value your friendship so much. <laughs> And I fully understand the need for you to prioritize school. I want you to focus on that. (laughs) (laughs) And I know this is incredibly awkward, but is there a possibility I also might be able to have some uh, to uh, get the jumpsuit (laughs) back from you? If so, just let me know the total, right. and I'll take care. I'll of pay it. for shipping. It's yeah. fine. I've got a hot. There's got to be a new bridesmaid <laughs> right, to take right, that. Right. Who know. can get flights perfectly fine? <laughs> Who can be there for all of it? <laughs> right, right. I know everyone's looking forward to seeing you there. I know I am. All my love. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's that's priceless. When I read that, I just yeah, yeah, it's it writes itself basically. I think there's not a writer in the world that could make that sound so, good. No, no, and uh, and I thought you did a pretty good job in some places. That then you get into the whole the uh, dripping passive aggressiveness. Yeah. Did uh, now the bridesmaid posted it right? Bridesmaid posted yeah. it and is not going. <laughs> I was gonna say she's probably not gonna go. <laughs> Although it would be great to post it and then take pictures of the the you know selfies with the bride. Then that's yeah, that's good. true. That's very good. Um, we have a um, winner, Rick. Oh. Great. In our retweet and follow contest. And all you got to do, Rick, is you got to retweet and follow us on Twitter. And guess who won? Cute pics of puppies. Oh. And I love those Twitter feeds where all of a sudden you're having a bad day and you just see a really nice cute picture of a puppy. Who doesn't love cute pics of puppies? Well, cute pics of puppies won an Amish Chicago coffee mug. Chug a chug by Scott Redmond and a Just One Bad Century t-shirt. The future is so bright we gotta wear shades t-shirt. I found a box of those. We've got like six or seven of those left. I'm sensing we have a few of those Chugga Chug books too. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be turning up a lot. Yeah, yeah. Chugga Chug. Um, yeah. Well, we went through pretty much all Your Father Knows Nothing yeah. that we had extra invo- uh, inventory and also the Balding Handbook. Now, if you want any of these books and pay for them, you can go to Eckhart'sPress.com, which is E-C-K- H-A-R-T-Z-Press.com. And if you want to win, again, all you got to do is retweet and follow us. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Potable, iHeartRadio. Basically anywhere where a great podcast can be found. And review. We've got almost, I think we're pushing 200 reviews. And uh, we do appreciate it if you take a moment out of your time to uh, rate, uh, share, and and whatever else. uh, Let people know about this podcast. We can become a Minutia Men uh, community. 
Exactly. Hey, I got another piece of minutia. Okay. Uh, this might be the first time that we've discussed a story from Egypt, I think. Have we ever? I, th- I think we might have tapped into Egypt once or twice. All right. Well, let me uh, spew this headline to you. Egyptian zoo paints donkey to look like zebra. Okay. <laughs> An Egyptian zoo is being criticized for allegedly attempting to fool visitors by painting black and white stripes on a donkey to make it look like a zebra. I think that would work. Well, well it didn't doesn't. in this instance. Uh, the row began when a student visiting the country. I believe it's the row. Oh, is that how they say yeah. it? In, well, yeah. in, I guess you could, you know, whatever. Um, well, this student. Yeah. Um, is this another Guardian story? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like our total. Uh, no, actually, this is a Daily Mail. We get Guardian and the Daily Mail is pretty much where we get all our stuff from. Okay. Um, so a student was visiting uh, and it's and it, they, they were visiting the Cairo's International Gardens Park and spotted the unusual looking animal and shared a photo where else on Facebook. Um, Mahmoud Sharani is the student. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice man or woman like that. <laughs> uh, when we went to the zebra side there was only one zebra it came to us and the other one didn't move but when we when he came near to me i realized from the first look that it was a painted donkey not a zebra and the animal in the photo lacks the large shaggy mane that a zebra usually has on the nape of its neck uh and it obviously is that this is a donkey that is that is painted by a zebra. Uh, zookeeper Mohammed Sultan denies the allegations. No, 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 that's zebra. <laughs> Despite experts claiming otherwise, Metro reports that this is not the first incident of this type. In 2009, a zoo in Gaza, I don't know what it is with, maybe there's not zebras in the Middle East. I don't yeah, know. Well, I don't think there are. Um, reportedly painted two donkeys black and white to replace zebras that had died of starvation. Uh, and in 2013, a zoo in China tried to pass off a dog as a lion. Wow, now that's stupid. Right. When a visitor went to the cage of the lion at the zoo in um, a city in Henan, China, they heard a loud bark. (laughs) (laughs) The so-called lion was then discovered to be a hairy Tibetan mastiff. Um, (laughs) All right. A couple things here. Um, This is an unbelievable insult to the donkey. Don't you think? I mean, uh, talk about bad working conditions. You know what happened? The the. the zookeeper went to the local Starbucks, <laughs> right? And there were no zebras right, there, right? So, <laughs> so, he to, so he had to pay yeah, one, right? Exactly. Right. So yeah, but I just I love, can you imagine the donkey and say, "Hey Eeyore, get into makeup. You're on zebra duty today." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Looks but, like rain. Yeah, yeah. Gonna talk to the union about this. Uh, this isn't cool. So if you are a mule. Yeah. Don't send your resume to the um, the <laughs> International Garden Park in Cairo because you might be getting, uh, uh, you know, maybe getting a job that you don't want. This actually reminds me of a story from the seventies. You got a minute? Sure. Actually, we got all time. Yeah. We, we don't have to hit a break. No. Um, I was at Lincoln Park Zoo, and this is in the seventies. I'd say mid to late seventies, and it was in March. Okay. Do you know why I know it was in March? I don't. Well, because a camel had a shamrock shake somebody dumped a shamrock shake oh on a camel's gosh. head and it was it was it was perfectly placed on the top of his head and the shamrock shake was dripping down the sides of his you know enormous oh. camel and his big tongue is trying to lick the shamrock oh. shake and everybody all the spectators it was an unseasonably warm day so the park was crowded we're all laughing 
you know, we're laughing at the poor camel. Um, this can't happen now with this liberal political correctness going on right now. Was the camel laughing? <laughs> the camel, the camel, was, camel not. was not laughing. <laughs> he was going after that Shabrock shake. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, so nowadays that can't happen because someone would have gotten sued. But PETA would have come in. There would have been a big lawsuit coming <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> someone should have gotten sued for that. That's uh, terrible. It was actually very funny. Okay. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. Okay, this is the part of the show where we talk about uh, the Cubs, <laughs> who uh, have the best record in the National League. Do they? they? Did they win yesterday? They won yesterday. Cole Hamels was the pitcher. Oh, your new guy. My new guy. Right. And uh, pitched quite well. I hear you're starting pitching is great. And so what I did for this week's uh, Just One Bad Century is I... You know how I like to go back into famous moments in history and see what the Cubs were doing on that day? Who doesn't? Yeah, I right. mean, I... Who doesn't? I, you know, most people don't maybe spend a whole year researching that. <laughs> but, but you I, do. I, I did. I did. I can never get that uh, 51st year of my life back. <laughs> uh, but So here are four people that died this week in history. Um, Wild Bill Hitchcock. Okay. Uh, President Warren Harding. Was he in office? Yes. Okay, yes, he was in office. Uh, Lizzie Borden's parents. <laughs> Marty and Marty and Sarah Rabinowitz. Andrew and Abby. Okay. And also Marilyn Monroe. Oh, okay. All, all right. died this week. All right. All right, so uh, on August 2nd, 1876, Wild Bill Hickok was murdered in Deadwood, South, Carolina, uh, South Dakota, playing poker. He had a pair of black eights and a pair of black aces. Okay. Now known as the dead man's hand. Oh, okay. Right? First place Cubs are in Louisville <laughs> celebrating their 15-7 win over the Louisville Grays. So what year is this? Yeah. 1876. How long did the Louisville Grays last in the I have no idea. Eggs? August 3rd, 1923. Okay. This is Warren G. Harding passes away. Calvin Coolidge sworn in as the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. No games were played in Major League Baseball okay. because the president had died. Oh. Uh, but the Cubs were in Brooklyn and began a series against the Dodgers the following day. That was the lead story. Yeah, I imagine. Exactly. Lizzie Borden, August 4th, 1892. Lizzie Borden's parents, Andrew and Abby, were found dead, hacked to death. Yeah. Lizzie arrested, tried for the crime. She was found not guilty. The Cubs... <laughs> We're playing the Browns in St. Louis. <laughs> and the Browns won 6-1. to one. Okay. August 5th, 1962, Marilyn Monroe found dead in Los Angeles, found dead in Los Angeles beside an empty bottle of pills. She was only 36. The Cubs, so you kicked her ass as far as the age goes. Totally, and so did you. Yeah. The Cubs were actually in Los Angeles when that happened, playing a doubleheader against the Dodgers. They lost the first game. They won the second game behind the pitching of Don Cardwell and the hitting of catcher Dick Bertel. Yeah. So this is an unlimited treasure trove of information. We can oh. do podcasts until we're 155. Well, here's the thing. It, it, it has to be only things that happened since 1871. Well, yeah, like, so. like, you know, Jesus crucified. I can't look up that day. <laughs> yeah, right. right. The Cubs were not playing yet. <laughs> But they were going to lose, you know, that they would have. The, <laughs> they might have taken that day off. <laughs> the, the Babylonian uh, zebras ended up. Uh, all right. So 
One more segment. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So we have the Costco jar mm-hmm. here now, Dave. That I left here. Good. Uh, I threw in two new names this week. Oh. Um, Did you shuffle it up? Did yeah, you? I think so. All right. Well, so let me reach well, in. All right. Grab it. Lily Tomlin. <laughs> that is one of the names I threw in there. So it was on the top of the... You didn't shuffle. Well, I guess I did not shuffle. Lily Tomlin. Uh, so I, I, the only reason I put that in there is because I just remembered yeah, the story course. this past week. And I was telling my, my sons about it. And the story doesn't involve actually meeting Lily Tomlin. That's probably why I didn't put her in there. Because I, I just had a list of all the celebrities that I had booked on shows. Mm-hmm. And she was on that list because... I booked her, but she never appeared on the show. And here's what happened. I booked her thinking that um, that it was an in-studio appearance. She thought that it was a phone appearance. So she was in Chicago. She was the- in Chicago at a hotel room right around the corner from mm-hmm. our studio. And it was, you know, a pretty early phone call and I'd, or a pretty early thing. Right. But she just thought she was going to be calling. So the time that she was supposed to be there, came, it went, and then, you know, 10 more minutes, nothing. 10 more minutes after that, nothing. And then John Landecker, who was the host at the time, started getting a little ticked off yeah. and started, you know... Bad-mouthing. Bad-mouthing her a little yeah. bit. So I'm uh, at, the, at the front. I left the studio. I was out in the hallway, and I hear this phone ringing. I run to the front door, and the main, the main phone to the radio station was ringing. I pick up the phone. It's Lily Tomlin. Yeah. She's like, um, I, I'm supposed to be getting a phone call to be on the radio, and I'm listening to the station, and this guy is bad-mouthing <laughs> me. I said, oh, we thought you were going to be coming here you know, because you're right around the corner. She goes, well, I'm not coming there now. Yeah. That guy's being a jerk. Well, she's, At, end of conversation. <laughs> and so we never had Lily Tomlin oh. on. And you never will. And I, and I never will. So if we're going to... Uh, if we're, you know, as we're going to do our next segment, which is yeah. going to be Minutia Minute with the Celebrities, don't call Lily Tomlin then, you don't think? Yeah, she's never going to be on. Yeah. Although I'm sure she has no memory of that. And if, in, you know, in a long career, I'm it's sure happened, that... happened a dozen yeah. times or not. Yeah. Uh, but we do have, we're very excited mm-hmm. to bring in our next guest. And let's uh, play the audio and bring him aboard. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, we're very excited to have our special guest here today. It's uh, none other than Mr. Joel Daly. Joel, Hi guys. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fine for an old guy. <laughs> now, why don't you tell everyone how it is that people would know who you are? Well, I used to be on television. Yeah, he's a very uh, uh, humble man, uh-huh. but Joel Daly was the uh, anchor at uh, Channel 7 in Chicago for 38 years, is that correct? 30, 38 years in Chicago, yeah. And before that, he was in Cleveland. He's also he's also uh, an attorney. Uh, he's a pilot. Uh, he's a, he's a, a veritable renaissance right, man. Right. And compared to Rick and Dave... Uh, very much so. In fact, I had trouble yesterday even 
you know those vents that you put in on an air conditioner? I had trouble putting those on, and you built your own plane. So comparatively, so we are not worthy. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, so we have a couple of quick questions for you, Joel, and uh, and okay. I'll start with you. If you had to pick coffee or tea, what would you choose? Uh, both the coffee, hot coffee, iced tea. Oh, okay. Favorite brand of toothpaste, Joel? I don't have any particular kind. Probably Colgate. Yeah, I'm a Colgate <laughs> okay. guy too. Uh, now that you are on a gluten-free diet, what is the best gluten-free food that you eat? Well, I tell you, when I have a chance, I get a gluten-free angel food cake, and it's wonderful. Oh. Um. Favorite criminal that you covered, not with a blanket, but as a uh, as a uh, journalist. Favorite criminal. Well, I covered uh, Sam Shepard in his real trial, and uh, he was found not guilty. So I'm not sure we can call him a criminal. Yeah, we I always felt he was not guilty, but he's an interesting guy. Sam Shepard, the man uh, that the Fugitive mm-hmm. uh, television series and movie was based on. Correct. That's right. That's correct. What is the most exotic place you've ever been in the world? Probably Bangkok, Thailand. Mm-hmm. It was there in the early '60s, covering the uh, incursion by communists over the border from Laos, and I spent about a month there. And very interesting town. Mine is Akron. <laughs> Rolling Meadows, uh, Illinois, for me. <laughs> uh, Funniest thing a beetle has ever said to you? I'm sorry, I'm not sure I heard that. Um, the funniest thing that a beetle so star, has ever said to you? 1965, when they came to Cleveland, and I was in the hotel suite with them, and uh, all the wannabe girlfriends wanted to be down the door, and Ringo was uh, telling me that he have a problem with some of staying up with everybody because he as he said it is inimitable way my pita hurts <laughs> <laughs> it's just my favorite right. story that you've right. ever told us if i had a nickel for every time Rico told me that uh, who is your favorite actor or actress well i like his versatility al pacino yeah. and i love her for the way she looks maureen o'hara yeah. Oh, yes, the Irish redhead, right? That's correct. I married one of them. Um, were you ever in danger because of a story that you covered? Like real danger? Well, during the so-called days of rage when people were breaking windows and uh, breaking into cars and planting bombs, I did commentaries decrying the activities of these people. And they threatened me. And my family, I had to have the police come over and check on the house every, while I was working nights. Yeah, that qualifies. So I think if they had a chance to get me, they would have. Well, we're happy they didn't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> who, who is the most famous person you've ever interviewed? Well, you know, I've interviewed every president since Eisenhower, but... Probably the guy that really impressed me the most was Billy Graham. Really? Really? More than the presidents? Uh, You know, if there was anyone who was really holy, he's the man. Yeah. 
in Panama working on uh, Armed Forces Radio and TV, and he came to visit. And I, I swore he, he walked in with a halo over his head. Wow. Oh, that's a good story. Um, what is the stupidest thing you've ever done other than this podcast? <laughs> Probably smoking my pipe on the air. Oh. You used to smoke it on the air? Yes. Yeah, I guess I guess times have changed a bit, haven't they, Joel? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. I said times have changed a bit. They right? have changed a bit. Yes. They've changed quite a bit. All right, so Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, if you had to pick one? Uh, Martin Luther King. You actually met him once, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, a picture of him. Yeah. There's a picture in his book in the Daily News, which uh, is available at EckhartsPress.com. But uh, yeah, so it's a wonderful uh, keepsake. He came to Cleveland in 1963, I believe, and uh, we were having the first uh, race riots in the city. And he was trying to calm things down. I did an interview with him. He was a very impressive guy. Uh, more so than Billy Graham, or not quite? I'm sorry. Uh, would you say he was more impressive than Billy Graham, or Billy Graham still tops him? Well, uh, they were different in a way. I mean, the way they were like, because they were kind of messianic. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to pick between them. What's more exciting or terrifying? Flying a plane in bad weather or going live on TV without a script? Probably flying my plane in bad weather. Yeah. Going on on TV was, without a script has happened a lot of times. <laughs> that was like no big deal for well, you. Well, didn't you have a uh, instance while you were flying the plane that you built that it ran out of, uh, it stalled when you were doing a maneuver, correct? Well, that was a kind of an interesting thing. I got into a spin. And uh, I couldn't get out of it, and so I had a parachute on. I was about 5,000 feet, and I decided, well, at 2,000, I'm going to quit, quit the canopy and go over the side with my chute. And just as I did that, I pushed my skip, my stick totally forward, and, and it broke the stall. Huh? I was mad at my airplane. I said something nasty to it and hit <laughs> Right. Have you have you ever seen Rick Parallel Park? Because it's a lot like that, actually. <laughs> okay, Joel, one last one for you. And thanks very much for uh, joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, what is your favorite Irish blessing? What's your favorite Irish blessing? Uh, probably, may the roads rise with you and the wind be always at your back. Slanty as sail. Well, that's good. Those are good words to live by. I knew you'd have one. Thanks very much for joining us, Joel, and and good luck hey, with everything. Hey, nice to talk to you guys. Yeah, we, we're going to do breakfast. Uh, next week is not good, but possibly the weekend, or the, I'm sorry, the week after. Are you good? We'll do. We'll go to our favorite spot for baked oatmeal. Yeah. Kelly's on the phone here now. Yes, David. Yes. Okay. Let's. Um, All right. We'll that do would, it. Uh, yeah. Next week, not good. You know what? I'll email you. I don't know. Early next week, and we'll figure something out. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Have a good day, man. Bye.
Bye now. Have a good program. Bye-bye. So thanks very much yeah. to He is Joel. a great guy. You know, whenever you think of his, what he's done and what we do, yeah. he's just... Yeah, he's paid. the renaissance yeah. man, and we're... Yeah, I built a plane. Yeah. yeah. We're just two schmoes in a Starbucks hoping someone asks us if we're Jewish. $18 increment. <laughs> if you'd like to know more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartExpress.com. You can also check us out at ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Um, we, uh, we're not going to be on next week, right? Correct. We are not going to go. We're not, we, we are taking a little hiatus, a one week hiatus. But if you'd like to reach us, you can uh-huh. still reach us at minutiamentpodcast at gmail.com. Still waiting. <laughs> waiting for our first email. Come I, on. I mean, I know it's, grand- we got lots of tweets and, but what's the, come on. I know it's grandma's, uh, it. choice of, um, Communication. Send us, send us of a gif. Is that what it's called? Oh my god, this may be why. <laughs> this may be why. Oh my. Wait a minute, we're grandma. Wait, what the heck is going on here? Uh, the show has been produced by Tony Lozano of Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we'll be back again next week with another episode. No, of, two weeks. Uh, we'll be back again in two weeks with another episode of Minutia Men. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano and Friends. Family travel with Colleen Kelly. So, Colleen. Yes. You used to be on my little TV show. Remember I those days? I was. I was. You were my big break. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Thank you. I know that's sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I walked in, I remember I was really nervous meeting Tony. He was sitting in this white chair, and he looked real important. I have a, oh, I had so a throne. Then I found out he wasn't. Lasano and Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com